Hello, my name is Evan Jacobs and welcome to the Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir Aftermath podcast. These interviews are part of an ongoing series chronicling the hardcore punk music scene in Orange County, California and sometimes elsewhere. They are an addendum to the film Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir. This is a documentary I made that chronicles the 1990s hardcore punk scene. You can stream Orange County Hardcore Scene Stir on Vimeo. For $2 a month, you can watch every Anadimia film by subscribing to Anadimia Films Unlimited on Vimeo. Links for all this stuff are in each episode description. To support this podcast, please like, rate, and review it. Also, please subscribe to Anadimia Films TV on YouTube, where you can view all of these podcasts in their original video form. In an odd way, is it also that the money that would be necessary to figure out that mess sort of doesn't, it's it's hard to justify trying to spend that money when it's, like, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. said, it's, well, that's I, not what I, your yes job no, is. Like, I mean, I will say this. The reason this label exists is because when we, one of the reasons, at the time we Matt and I were talking about it, you could not find Chromag's Age of Quarrel anywhere uh, in digital world, minus YouTube bootleg stuff. You could not find it. It didn't exist. And our thing was like, well, we got to do something. That record needs to exist. Age of Coral is a fucking legendary record. Like, So that was one of the things. So when it became something we thought we could work with, we were all in, you know, because we're like, okay, we're going to, this is, this is the mission. Like we are going to be the guys who gets Age of Coral buttoned up and cleaned up and make sure John and Mackie and Paris and Doug and Harley are all paid equally. It's all going to be this. And then would we pay more money for that? Then it's probably worth Yeah, probably a little bit. But at the end of the day, like, it's not – it's time management too. Like, I got other records that I already need to put out. I spent a lot of time this year working on this Chrome Mag stuff, a lot of time. And then it's just like you look at those lost hours and you're like, okay, like we can't spend too much more of our time going forward on things that aren't clean, meaning that they're not coming to us with already ready to be bought. It's like when it's tangled like that, it's frustrating because you know if, if you could just get in a room with people like, let's figure this out. Like it makes no sense for anyone else but us to do it. You're not doing anything. Like you're not going to be able to sell to anyone else but us. Well, we want to pay for it. But it's also how do you, how do you best use your time? And then that's not really how we want to use it right now. So we're just trying to kind of back off and go after stuff that's already buttoned up. I mean, dude, we can go do, I've been doing this for a long time. Like, like all, those records that were on Dutch East India – Giant records, Uniform Choice During the Sun, Government Issue Records, Verbal Assault Records, Gag Nasty Field Day. Dude, we tried, that's another thing I tried most of this year, trying to get, find that dude, trying to trying to figure out how we can get those masters, talking to the, like, at the end of the day, like, you look back, like, fuck, I spent, like, 20 hours of my life this year on something that hasn't succeeded. It's like, I gotta, like, you know, not do that again, learn from my mistakes, not spend so much time trying to chase China. But, you, but when you do with this, when you're doing this record label, it's hard not to because that's kind of the fun part, the detective work of like, we're going to go get Uniform Choice staring in the sun and re-release it. 
you know, 20 hours later, like, shit. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I was talking with a guy, a distributor once, and he was telling me about how, you know, the, the films that he picks up. And I'm all, well, how do you get that? How do you figure out the rights? And he said, like, oh, you know, I, you know, I just go on IMDb Pro, and it's, you know, it's all sort of set up. Who owns what films, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But I'm thinking there's not something like that for what you're doing. Like, you're yeah, literally... There is, and there isn't. Like, normally... You know, in our world, the punk rock hardcore thing, it's a little bit messy because contracts are written. There weren't really any for a lot of the bands. Yeah, but there were. There are some. I mean, you'd be surprised how many people have signed contracts. But the problem is the contracts are kind of, you know, this is before computers. The contracts are like piece of paper with like not all the stuff makes sense and it doesn't seem like it hold up. Um, yeah, but at the end of the day, like, you're, you know, what we do is like, our whole part of our label, the point is, is to like, Get control of the of the masters, meaning the record. Make sure that everyone on that record is paid equally, because that's how we roll, and are paid twice a year, or at least get statements twice a year if they're not owed money. They at least know where they're at, and that's kind of we want to be the guys cleaning that up. So there is no like if someone comes to me and goes, "Hey, we want to license Circle Jerks," you know, deny everything for a, for a film. Like I can do it in a second because I know the writers, I know the breakdowns. It's a Google Doc. I mean, it's a freaking Excel spreadsheet I have. Like, I go, okay, this is, here it is. And, you know, but before, you know, that's kind of the point of our label. We're existing to try to get this clean and organized and, and controlled. And, and you know, some of the labels still do a good job and do it, like, and some don't. That's just nature of life. I'm sure in movie land, there's some just film companies who have their rights buttoned up. And there's, I mean, look at Sylvester Stallone. You guys hearing about how he lost all the rights to Rocky to Erwin Winkler? Is yeah. that true? Yeah. You know, well, he's, he's slicing his bitter about it. I saw him on a thing. He was not stoked. <laughs> like, Well, that's because Erwin Winkler, who I believe is still alive, wants to do certain things with it. And that's how why Stallone isn't involved with Creed. Yeah, I mean, not involved. He, doesn't own, he doesn't control his masters anymore. Yeah. But somewhere in there, that got, I mean, legally, he must have sold it. Or he wouldn't just be like, you can't just like, you know. But that's so the thing. Just, but, but the point I'm saying is not it's not everything's buttoned up and clean even it depends, you know. Well, are you finding with trust now, and maybe you always found this, but that now people see your your products, they see the work that is going into it. Do you find, are you having bands kind of, I mean, or has it always been this way? Are bands kind of coming to you now? Like, Yeah, uh, bands have reached out. That, that's a hard part of this job, too. It's like. Because you can't do everything. Can't do everyone. <laughs> And I, but I, I respect all these bands. I love it. Like, there's so many bands that hit us up. We're like, ah, I love this band. But it's not, you know, you, you, we got to look at it as like, we got to at least be able to, if we're going to put time into these packages, unfortunately, we got to sell at least 3,000, 4,000 of the records to make it worthwhile. But that doesn't mean all the bands, you know, don't, you know, there's a, there's a place for all kinds of bands on our label, like big and small. Like, you know, we've talked about, getting old demos and getting seven inches and getting stuff that's not real revenue generators, but still classic and, and putting them on a label. And then we, we try to figure out ways like, okay, if like say a smaller band comes to us that we can't do this for, where do we put them? Like, can we still sign them and, and get their records out? Cause at the end of the day, like all we want to do at the end of this is have all the digital rights for all these stuff, like a huge catalog of that streaming and protected and being handled, you know? So maybe in the, you know, 
maybe that there's a place for it. I think I think part of the problem is is like if that's not as exciting to a band, say, like, great, man, we're gonna buy your great twelve inch that you're so proud of and put it out on Spotify for you. You know, well, that's not exciting. Well no, no, no. It's not exciting. It it should be. It's not exciting, but I remember I had a movie People came to me and they were like, we just want the internet. And I was like, ah, you know, like exactly what you said. It's not exciting. But then later I saw that that company was then bundled with DVD players. So every DVD player that was coming out from this certain brand had that company's stuff on it. My stuff would have been on that. So I think it's sort of that long range idea. Yeah, yeah. But um, when you say smaller acts or newer acts, are you only talking legacy stuff or are you talking like would trust delve into a, a, a modern band no it's all legacy stuff and, and that happens all the time i get i mean i get hit up weekly by bands submitting demos and you know and i feel so bad because it's like this long email about who their band is and all everything that's gone into trying to sell me on the thing and all i can say without even finishing the email is like oh, oh thank you for reaching out unfortunately we only do reissues but best of luck to you so like I'm giving a fucking 30-second response to an email I know took some dude hours to craft the way he wanted to craft. And I, that always makes me feel terrible because, like, uh, I've been on that end of it, too, you know, trying to sell something to someone. And you put all this love and they're like, oh, thanks. You're not interested. And you're like, damn it. Um, but I will say this. We don't know where it begins and we don't know where it stops as far as the timeline. Because when we first started this, I think we thought we'll be in, like, kind of the early to mid-'80s issues. But then – There'll be some stuff you see coming out that's maybe a little bit more. I mean, we talked about it like, you know, if, if that band have heart, got their masters back, and they wanted to do deluxe reissues, I don't see why we wouldn't do it. Because um, and now, why would they have to get their masters back? Could you not well, just I'm, go yeah, to the I'm label? Just, hypothetically. Okay, they're, okay. There was Bridge Nine, and Chris does a great job with Bridge Nine. I'm yeah. Hypothetically. You know, some some bands are like that band Title Fight. Right. That band Title Fight was like, hey, can you release our record in Deluxe Street? Or like if Turnstile was like, can you release our first record under trust? Like, yeah, I would think we would have to because we we I can see the connection between Turnstile and Seven Seconds. I mean, it's there. There's a path to it, but we just never. You know, it's an evolving thing. Like what we're trying to do, preserve this kind of music and this culture. Like. Where does it end? Does well, it, and, you, and, and, and does it also, you know, I'm 52. Like, I shouldn't be the gatekeeper of what's, you know, what's on here. Like, I should be, we should bring in some stuff that I'm not all that, I would say, like, not really my jam, but I respect it enough to that it has a place. Because that's the thing about this hardcore scene, and you're part of it. Like, there's a place for everyone. There's a place for Ice, which was your band. There's a place for freaking Uniform Choice. We're going to you know, be on I mean, trust. Like, all, they all swim in the same stream. Some might be a little bit more visible, but they're all kind of in part of the scene. That's the point of the scene was it's all of us together, big and small, fans and bands are one. There's no dividing lines. There's no classism, you know. Well, that is where the idea of the whole streaming thing, what I would if, – if, if I was in a band – that's at least how I would look at it. Like, okay, wait, I, we wanted the deluxe treatment, but wow, at least we're going to be part of this thing. Yeah, that you're is part of this thing. And, and so, but I don't know if we're there yet. Like, right. You know, Crust is still, I don't think we're even at 7,000 followers on Instagram. You know what I mean? Like, we're still pretty small. We're, this, this seven seconds record is our fifth record. Now, by the end of 2023, we'll be on record 10. So, we're, our, that's why I say Pedal the Metal is like, we're going to double our input. 
in one year, and then from there try to get to this eight to ten release physical releases package with you know maybe some stuff that just come we curate that goes into streaming, but we still do like some marketing around it. We still celebrate it. It's just not physical. Uh, but I don't know. You know, we're not there yet. And then also another thing too is like I'm trying. We're trying to make this. It's, it's not just a California-based label. So like that's another reason why we're trying. We kind of slowed down. Was like we just don't have enough East Coast blood. That's why SSD is so exciting to us because SSD's legendary Boston band. Right. And, and and I think at some point we got to get into New York hardcore. We got to get into some of this. You know, I mean, I even talked about face value. I talked to Tony Herba about face values record that came out on I think Dennis and Hartsfield's label. Conversion, yeah. Uh,